Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, and man, do we have a cool show for you guys today. This is a topic that Julie and I cover from time to time, and it's one of these, let's be honest, one of our favorite topics, scarcity versus abundance. And, you know, I, I'll tell you what triggered this topic of today's um, and tomorrow's probably podcast is that you guys will hear us talk about mindset and the mindset movement, and we paint it in the scammy brush that it is. And we do not hold ourselves back and talking about the fact that the mindset movement is mostly snake oil and bullshit. Now, where we probably, mostly me, do a bad job of differentiating is between the mindset movement and having a powerful mindset. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna define that, and then obviously this tips perfectly into what our topic is, scarcity versus abundance, because that's really the essence of where your mindset comes from. So the mindset movement is basically sitting around hoping that somehow the universe will deliver to you everything that you want. The mindset movement basically are the things that are essentially going to result in no action. The mindset movement are all the books, by the way, you see at Barnes and Noble or on Amazon, which are talking about activities that you're supposed to be doing between your ears versus activities you're supposed to be doing in real life that eventually lead to the, the changing and the evolving of your mindset. The mindset movement, guys, really is mostly snake oil. And I can go down the history of it. I will briefly, because some of you guys are wonks about this stuff. Um, it's very difficult to find out when this whole mindset movement thing started. And here's where we, the conclusion we came to. It originally started back in the 20s with the mystic movement. During the mystic movement, guys, and I'm not making this up, that's when basically se uh, seances were really trendy and popular. Now, if you've never studied history or don't know anything about Victorian, you know, that this is the era in which most of this stuff happened. So the, the seances and, the, and the, uh, the card readings and all this stuff, this was something that middle-class people did. It was in the newspapers. They were, you know, all the, this was the big the thing. These guys were, the, yeah, it was a fad. There you, thank you, Julie. It was the huge fad, but it was, these guys are the celebrities of their time. These guys are the Elvises of, of, in their era. These guys that were mindset movement types. Okay, now stay with me here, listeners. I know some of you guys treat the whole mindset thing as a religion. You're just not realizing that there's a differentiator where it just does meander into the witchcraft and alchemy category. So the mindset movement really got started in the 20s with all of these snake oil salesmen. Now, the many of the words that you hear people throwing around nowadays, that have, and the terms and the things that people say, those all stem from that, uh, essentially that period in history. And then what happened is the mindset movement petered out and then it started coming back again. And then it really hit its stride in the 1970s. And here's what happened in Big Sur, California, at a place called Esalon and other places in Big Sur, California, people got together and they started treating all of this. I don't want to sound like a jerk, so I won't say the word I was actually about to say, but they started, they dusted off all the books in the 1920s and they tried to put a then modern spin on all of them and try to create all the content as new. And then they started creating this mindset movement. 
And it was kind of a, you know, we have to think about it and pray on it. And, you know, everything, if we do, the energies will bring us the things that we want in life. And I mean, you guys have all been exposed to this. You can't have grown up. You can't be alive nowadays and, and not been exposed. And motivational posters, for the most part, things like that. The little sayings that people say, follow your passion, things like that. Those are all from the mindset movement. OK, so why am I telling you that? Because Julie and I have been doing been professional coaches now for way too many years, had way too many coaching calls. And we've seen how what a nasty effect that the mindset movement has had on people's lives. We've literally seen guys firsthand. If you want to know why we care about this, because we've seen firsthand where people, great people, have stopped doing what made them great because they thought all of a sudden they could just bounce around in their head and somehow the universe would stop or would start bringing them everything that they wanted to bring. They started essentially down this path that was led to their personal destruction. Julie and I saw that personally, and we also saw that uh, just on a, on a grander scale. You know, so the mindset movement, guys, is all the stuff that came from The Secret. Do you guys remember that movie? You know, the secret, the whole thing about, you know, the whole secret thing, that was nothing other than a recreation of that 1970s or 1920s mindset movement. Okay, there it is. Now, if you guys want more information on that, just email me directly, Tim at timandjulieharris.com. Now, powerful mindset, completely different. Of course, you have to have a powerful mindset. A powerful mindset is an absolute prerequisite if you're going to be successful at anything. But it's not mystical. It's not even spiritual. A powerful mindset comes from the actions you take, having the mindset of service. See, here's the thing. When I say these things, I know some of you guys are a little bit put off because you've been so mired in the belief of these mindset movement type thoughts. And then when I pivot and I say it's about being of service to other people and the actions you take, you immediately know that I'm not full of shit because you know that's true, don't you? Because you know there's never anything that's happened in your life from you sitting around and hoping it'll happen. You didn't sit around and hope that, you know, a new Lincoln Navigator would show up in your driveway and all of a sudden it showed up in your driveway. You had to go out there and work for it, didn't you? <laughs> so you know practically and tactically what I'm saying is true. And yet, how many of you guys don't actually take the actions necessarily backed up by the mindset of being of service? That's where your power comes from, guys. If there is a spiritual aspect to anything that, you know, all of us do, it's when you're connected to the mindset of being of service to other people. That is the most powerful mindset you can have. Now, some of you struggle to get there, and that's where scarcity versus abundance. It's the biggest, uh, most powerful way to take yourself out of any sort of regressive, uh, depressive state and put yourself back in a position where you can start having that mindset of being of service to other people. So we're going to take you through something that definitely is going to work for every single one of you if you allow it to work, a process that's going to start with a series of questions and thoughts. But before we get to that, my lovely bride of 27 years this year in, in September. I still can't believe it. Uh, she has some folks that she'd yeah. like to acknowledge and people she'd like to thank. Oh, here we are, Julie. We're showing appreciation. Go ahead. Yes, indeed. So uh, here's an interesting little thing that, that I wanted to uh, talk about from the Facebook page. Great question. Uh, Gabe Hatch was talking about getting his PLP done, pre-listing package. And, you know, we've talked about instant offers and guaranteed home sales and things like that. And sometimes you guys will get stuck on the fact that you personally don't want to be the one buying those homes. And, Tim, you were kind enough to have responded to him saying, 
you know what, trying to find an investor who will buy a home at a certain percentage of value, in other words, getting a little bit of a discount, is not a problem. So just because you don't want to do it yourself does not mean that you cannot run an instant offer program or a guaranteed home sale. So that was a nice discussion going on on Facebook. And speaking of the pre-listing package, Greg Richardson on Facebook made a kind of a funny comment. He said, I have found that the pre-listing package takes nine months and three hours to complete. Nine months of procrastinating. <laughs> Using seriously the lamest excuses ever, and then about three hours of actual work. So I had to uh, give him a little shout out for having that realization. And uh, yeah, don't make it into this big horrendous deal. Just get it done. Uh, hey, Joey, hover, hover there yeah. for a second. You know what the real, if you really deep dive into what he just said, which was awesome, by the way. Oh, it wouldn't have taken three hours if you'd hired uh, Jovelle, who works for us. Yeah. She's doing PLPs for you guys on the side. Yeah, that that'd be the quicker way. That'd have been like she'd had it done for you in like a day or three, depends how busy she is. But the real reason you guys don't get the PLPs done uh, is because once you have the PLPs done, once you have five or ten of them sitting on your desk staring at you, then you have no excuse or fewer excuses to go out and do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. When you drive past that Fisbo now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, you know what? Had my PLP been done, I would have knocked on that guy's door, right? You know, the month's going to change here in what, 15 days or 13 days. And the first day, last day, always the most for expires. But if your PLP is not done, you know what, damn it, I just gotten that done. I'm not going to, oh, okay, maybe. What you got. Yeah. So you guys use that as an excuse not to actually have to put yourself into action doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. So there's a special grinding coaching message for all of our uh, coaching clients. Stop and, using that yeah. to get it done. That's right. So sorry, Julie. Back to it, please. That's okay. Well, literally, our gal Jovell is literally the easy button to get it done. So get it done. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Gilbert writes, uh, after my coaching call yesterday and listening to Tim and Julie Harris this morning, I realized I am a dabbler. My assignment is to get focused and constant uh, with one spoke at a time. TFW! Exclamation point. Total effing war. So that was a good realization and commitment there. And all right, so speaking of, I'm staying on the pre-listing package for a second, Nakia, one of our great premier coaching clients, writes, my pre-listing package allowed me to effectively overcome a commission objection. Long story short, I used my USPs in the pre-listing package to ease the mind of my now client, and I have his permission to use all of the coming soon strategies I've learned in the premier coaching class prior to even going live on the MLS. Thanks, Tim and Julie. Nakia is a great premier coaching client. She comes to every single uh, coaching call on weekdays that we do, and most importantly, she actually deploys what she learns and implements, as you can see. So, no more procrastinating. All right, and on to our discussion, when you're ready, of scarcity versus abundance. Ready to jump in? All right. Yeah, sure. Jump in. Okay, perfect. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. So, let's start off with a quick quote, quote from Stephen Covey, who wrote, Quote, most people are deeply scripted in what I call the scarcity mentality. They see life as having only so much, as though there was only one pie out there. And if someone were to get a big piece of the pie, it would mean less for everybody else. The scarcity mentality is the zero-sum paradigm of life. People with a scarcity mentality have a very difficult time sharing recognition and credit, power or profit, even with those who help them in the production. They also have a very hard time being genuinely happy for the success of other people. End of his quote. So if you have a mindset of scarcity, you believe that money, friends, success, promotion are all scarce. You believe that there are simply not enough of these things for everyone to have a chance. 
This affects your thoughts, your actions, your outlook, as well as the perception that you have of and by everyone else. So be introspective. This is kind of a hard thing to swallow for some people because they don't naturally think of themselves this way. But if you're scarcity-minded, your thoughts revolve around not having enough, not being enough, and usually that isn't your fault. There's a strong sense of victimhood in you if you are of this mindset. The scarcity mindset keeps you away from saving. You find it challenging to save both time and money because both are scarce. If you have either, you spend it immediately before something happens to it. Now, with regards to real estate, it's an interesting dichotomy, isn't it? Because commissions seem too scarce, you can tend towards the more aggressive side, which sometimes serves you well, but often bites you in the butt, okay? So how does that work? Well, we're gonna examine 11 ways there's a lot more, but we're going to try and drill down here to know if you're scarcity-minded in your real estate practice. Now, note to self. This is another one of our little quiz formats for you to take notes, write down, and digest. If you answer yes to even half of these 11 thoughts, you have a mindset challenge that has to be corrected prior to getting to your next level, whatever that is for you. Okay, so Tim, we're going to jump into how do you know if you're scarcity-minded, okay? So number one, you have no savings, ever. If you do, it's maybe for a couple of weeks, sometimes as scarce as a couple of hours. No savings, yes or no, okay? I would say in real estate too, even going still feast to famine, and generally if you look over the course of the year, you typically have no savings. It might come and go, but generally speaking, you don't have any savings to speak of. Number two, you believe there's only so much money to go around and often get into conflict over commissions, both with clients and other agents. You're a fan of the procuring cause argument. These agents get into it with each other. Well, that's my buyer, right? You've heard this plenty before, Tim. Okay, so you think there's only so much money to go around and it causes you conflict. And you can stop me if I'm going too fast here, but point number three, Here's a big one. You don't use buyer's agency because you're scared of losing the commission to an agent who doesn't use agency agreements. Sign of a scarcity mentality. Point number four, you lose listings over, quote, sticking to your guns on commissions. You'd rather be right or righteous than give a little to make a deal happen, even if it's a past client in some cases. Point number five, you're immune to goal setting and feel you're above it. Goal setting, quote, isn't for you. Sometimes we'll hear as coaches, I've just never been a goal setter, or I somehow get to where I need without ever writing anything else down. You seem like you're immune to goal setting. Point number six, remember these are yes or no questions. You often get outbid on competitive buyer offers because you feel for the buyers not having enough to go high enough to win. Then you blame the buyer, the market, the other agent of the seller for your deal not happening. If you do get something in contract, it's always because of you, your expertise, experience, and abilities. No one else is given credit or congratulations. So far, so good, Tim? Yeah, so far, so good. I, I do think, honestly, if, if, in my opinion, your first point was probably the most powerful one. You have no savings ever. I mean, I think that's Engage. worth a slight – well, I mean, all really, that's the ultimate litmus test of your mindset, of, and here's why. If you have a mindset of scarcity – that means that when you get money, you spend it for because you fear that you won't have it again. Okay, so there you go. You get your money, you spend it on all you know the stuff that you want. You go on trips, you you know buy whatever you're going to buy, and you spend it all because you are not believing that you'll have more. That's a surefire sign of a mindset of scarcity. 
where someone who has a mindset of abundance, they don't have any of these other characteristics that Julie's gone through, but also they have savings. One of the first questions that we ask you guys when you uh, ask us to be your coach, um, which we, you know, sometimes say no to is that, you know, frankly, how old are you? How long have you been in real estate? How much money have you made in the past few years? How much money have you got saved? And then if you're essentially been in the business for a while, don't have any money saved, you probably have, and you don't know it, and a real problem with your mindset about life in general, about scarcity versus abundance. And if you're not willing to do something about that, it's going to lead to what Julie's next point is, which and it's going to lead to you having a, not an open mind to seeking out and being frankly coachable. So next point, Julie. Next point, one of my favorites, number seven, if you have a scarcity mindset, you're always doing free training and 30-day free trials versus investing in actual education. You are virtually uncoachable. You believe online free scripts are good enough and things of that nature. Okay, So uh, related to that is point number eight, you're skeptical. Everyone is just out to make a buck versus trying to help you or support you or provide a le legitimate service to you. Actually, you already know everything anyway. So that just plays to being a skeptic. By number nine, you tend to be a grudge holder. It's also never your fault ever for any reason. By number 10, you feel the world owes you and somehow you're being cheated. You're perceived as negative and even angry. And point number 11, you hate doing what you don't have to do when you don't want to do it and rarely do it at a high level if you do it at all. So I'm being kind of harsh here to make a point. But it is exhausting just talking about being scarcity-minded, right? It's exhausting even talking about it. And, so do these point 11 number, points deplete? Yeah, go ahead. And point number 12 right. is that you don't have the, a true mindset of service. And if you were to be honest with yourself, you don't have the mindset of service because somewhere in your head you're telling yourself that if you had the mindset of service, of being of service to other people, being your highest and truest uh, purpose on this planet, that you would be essentially sacrificing yourself too much. In other words, you don't realize that in life, what you give what you want. If you are, don't have, um, you know, frankly, if you don't have the experience on this planet, if you're not driving the car you want to drive, the clothes you want to, you know, all the things that basically make it so that you can have a, a comfortable life. If you're not living to the standard to which you hoped you would or having the experiences that you hoped you would, it's because you're still wrestling with the fact internally without even probably knowing it that there's a direct correlation between the people that you help solve problems for and the experiences that you have. So you have to give what you, if you have, for example, the desire to feel more love, give love. If you want more appreciation, give more appreciation. Literally, if you're walking around in life right now with a, you know, a scarcity mindset, you are not going to have the message of being of service to other people resonate with you at all. That's not going to be something you're going to find appealing because you're going to have this idea in your head that no one shows me that kind of respect. No one shows me that kind of consideration. No one shows me that kind of, you know, love. No one shows me that. Get it? That's a scarcity mindset. And that prevents you from having a, a mindset of service, which makes you poor. <laughs> there it is. Remember I said, guys, if you want to have the best mindset or the best way to get your mindset in gear is basically start with the thought of do I have a scarcity or abundant mindset? Now, it is very difficult to have a constant abundant mindset but you can monitor yourself to how you're thinking and sort of just build in a little litmus test in your head. So you're, you're are gauging actual activities based on whether or not you're moving towards uh, trying to be of service to other people or not. And if you find yourself pulling back 
and not, you know, knocking on that Fizbo's door with the idea of helping them because your mind says, oh, I'm not a salesperson. Oh, they're just going to reject me. Oh, they're going to think I'm just a greedy, you know, son of a bitch. They're just going to the other thing. That also stems from the scarcity mindset. But if you had the abundant mindset and your mindset was being of service to other people, you'd realize that going and knocking on that FISBO store or, you know, reaching out to that past client or whatever it is that's going to involve proactive prospecting, you are going to, uh, if you find yourself not doing it because you're spending all your time thinking about yourself, which is really what the prominent thoughts are that prevent people from doing it. How am I going to feel? What if they say this? What if they reject me? My feelings are going to hurt. You guys see how that's a scarcity mindset approach to life? Whereas if you said, you know what? Look, they might be a little gruff with me, but the fact is, is I know I have the ability to help these folks and I'm going to do it. I'm going to call. I'm going to knock. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to offer to be of help. And I'm going to use scripts that I know that work. And I'm going to be of help. I'm going to help them solve the problem. That is an, a mindset of abundance. And when you do that, what does that put into action? Think of all the positive things that puts into action. You are forced to get better at your craft. You're forced to become really good at what you do. You're then going to be forced to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it in the, at the highest level. That gets easier, the asking for the business, the proactive prospecting. The more you do it, that gets easier. And then what happens, guys? You make more money and the business becomes easier. Then you, you forget, you totally disengage from those scarcity thoughts that you used to have because it becomes so natural to you to be in flow with helping other people and being of service to other people. Do you guys get that? That's really how it works. When you see somebody who has more than you or is doing more than you, who has something that you admire, it's because at some level they've connected with our highest and truest purpose, which is being of service to other people. All right, Julie, so let's move on here. I think we can cover... Uh, go over probably the next couple sections. Yes. So talking about scarcity is exhausting. That should be a hey, Julia, clue I'll, for I'll, our listeners. I'll be yeah. back in I'll be back in fifteen seconds. Okay, fifteen okay. seconds. You keep on going. You got it. Bye. Yep, you got it. Okay. So somebody is at Tim's office door. All right. So here's the thing. Just talking about scarcity should feel exhausting to you, which is your cue to do something about it. So let's get off of that because it's just tiring to even examine and get on to the abundance mindset. So what does Stephen Covey say about that? Short quote. The abundance mentality, on the other hand, flows out of a deep inner sense of personal worth and security. It is the paradigm that there is plenty out there and enough to spare for everybody. It results in the sharing of prestige, of recognition, of profits, of decision-making. It opens possibilities, options, alternatives, and creativity. End of his quote. So when you have a mindset of abundance, you believe and operate knowing that there is enough for everyone. Your core belief centers on being of service to others, just like Tim went over with you a second ago. You're, you know in your heart of hearts that when you help enough people at a high enough level that you always have an abundance of income. And as a result, you can do something with that income to meet or exceed your goals. So action plan for your abundance mindset. And Tim, let me know when you're back as well. So action plan for your abundance. Okay, good. Yep. So what are they supposed to do about this to convert from a mindset of scarcity to a mindset of abundance? Well, here's some things to actually implement. Number one, have appreciative conversations. Rather than talking about the things you don't have, try to engage in conversations with friends and family about the multitude of things that you do have, as well as what they have. Life is full of abundance. You know, on coaching calls, when you guys come to the call and it's full of drama and what's wrong in your life and all of this CRAP, 
what do we do? We ask you the three things you're most great, grateful for. What do you have the most gratitude for? And immediately get you out of the mud. Have appreciative conversations, not the opposite. Point number two, organize your home, your life, and your finances. The simple process of getting your possessions, your time, and your information better organized does a lot to create a mindset of abundance. By doing this, you begin to see how many things and how much time you actually already have in your life. If you don't think you have enough, go clean out your closet and give half of your stuff to a shelter. <laughs> then you'll feel abundance again, for example, right? So be organized with your home, your life, and your finances. Number three, this is a big one, and we probably should do a whole show on this sometime soon. Follow a media-free morning or even a media-free life. Almost every form of media in some way revolves around cultivating desire for things that you don't have, which is a key element of the scarcity mindset. Media highlights loss, fear, and anxiety. Would you voluntarily sign up for that? Yep, I want to listen to that all day long. No, you don't realize that that's what you're signing up for until it's already in your head. So media-free morning is literally don't turn on the news. Don't deep dive into all kinds of Internet sources. Actually control what you're doing in the morning and make it the way it's supposed to be. And uh, we've got a lot of reading that we recommend on our Premier Coaching website about this, for example. So I'm going to do one more, and then I have to get over to Premier. So number four, cultivate your generosity and philanthropy. By sharing what you have with others, you begin to see several things. First, you often feel good about what you've shared because you've improved their life, but this gives you an immediate adrenaline boost, keeping you in a positive and abundant mindset. And secondly, you often find that you don't really miss what you've shared. Third, when you share regularly, the law of reciprocity is on your side and people will give back to you. This is one of the reasons that you guys do things like pop buys and client appreciation parties and things that create that law of reciprocity. And yes, absolutely that works. I've got lots of examples of that on the Facebook page and in Premiere. And I'm going to turn the call over to you, Tim. I've got to scoot to Premiere. So remember, the law of reciprocity isn't an actual law. Those, those of you might be confused about that. But there is an undeniable fact that when you do for somebody else, they'll do for you. Um, and sometimes that you can do that overtly. But guys, listen, here's the real bottom line. You need to work on this scarcity versus abundance and how you actually, because it'll have a direct effect on how you feel. So here's a little mindset hack, if you, if you would like to give me a little bit of a room here. So I want you guys to ask yourself th these two questions, right? The first question is, how do you feel right now? How do you feel? Do you feel tight chested? Do you feel confined? Do you feel anxious? Do you feel, you know, how do you feel? Honestly, do you feel hungry, mad, excited, anxiety? How do you feel? What are the words? Pick three or four words. Just, and, and hopefully some of you aren't feeling those, you know, more negative words at all. You're feeling fantastic. But whatever those words are, it doesn't matter. You could be feeling great, you know, excited. This, you know, radio show is great for you today. This, you had some great closings. Uh, everything was going perfect. Okay, whatever. Write the words down and mentally at least envision them because I know some of you guys are running right now on your treadmills or you're driving around your cars listening to us. Whatever those three words are that describe how you feel. You might need to do a gut check to really get in tune with how you feel. Otherwise, your your thoughts will just tell you how you feel. But like, you know, really take a time, a, a second and just be introspective. What is your, how does your gut feel right now? How do you feel right now? You know, there it is. So those are the three words, wherever they are. Now, here's the amazing thing. And then we're going to end today's show. Here's, I want you guys to think about all the things in your lives that you have appreciation for. I want you to think about all the amazing gifts 
that God has given you in this life that you didn't even really ask for, if you're honest. You just, you just were fortunate enough to be born. Think of all the facts, all the things, all the time, your family. If you don't have a family, if you're just a lone wolf, that's fine. Think about the fact that you're able to listen to this podcast. Think about the fact that you're probably in real estate or some other, you know, you're a business owner. Think about the fact that you live in America. If you don't appreciate America, guys, <laughs> just travel to the third world country. I did not understand what third world country meant until a long time ago. Julie and I went down to the Dominican Republic. When you get outside of the nice little catered to resorts and you start meandering about, about how real people in the third world live, trust me when I tell you, that will stay with you forever. So how do you feel about, how about being appreciative of the car you're driving? How about the office you're in? How about the clothes on your back, the food in your belly? How about being appreciative of the fact that you have such incredible opportunity this year? How about being appreciative of the fact that you woke up on the green side of the grass? That's an interesting thought, isn't it? Depressing, I realize, maybe. But the truth is, you should be an appreciation of that. How about being appreciative of the fact that you have people in your life that love you, that care for you, that try to help you every single day? Maybe it's your coach. Maybe it's your wife, your husband, your kids. It doesn't matter. Have you ever actually taken the time to literally overtly show appreciation to those people? How often do you actually put yourself in an appreciative state? You are just feeling the emotions, allowing yourself to feel the emotions without your ego creeping in and ruining it for you, just staying in that appreciative state. If you guys can stay in that appreciative state, here's the amazing thing. And this has been proven, by the way, by scientists when they strap people up to these you know, things that monitor uh, brainwaves. When you stay in that appreciative state, it's almost the same state as when you're meditating, because what happens is you're present. When you're present, uh, presence is the lack of worry about the future or the past. Presence is just as it sounds, being present. The presence is the only thing we truly ever have. You only have this very moment. You guys have been exposed, many of you, to this, these facts before, right? The future is maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't, hopefully it will. The past is maybe it's the way you remember is maybe the way it was. It is what it is. It was what it was, right? But the present moment is all you truly have. So knowing that you only truly have the present moment and you are now in an appreciative state, you are in a place where you probably are feeling pretty incredible. So here's what I'd suggest to all of you. Every single one of you, and I'm not going to expect too much out of you, but I want you to show appreciation to at least three people. And it could be your wife, your husband, your pastor, your preach, the preacher, your office manager, your broker, your coach, doesn't matter. Overtly send them a note. An email is fine. And tell them how much you appreciate them. Do that. Be in appreciation. And here's what I'll, I guarantee will happen with every single one of you. When you do that, you show appreciation to three people. You will, within probably no more than a week, have that come back to you at probably at least three to five fold. In other words, you will get the benefit three to five times for the time and energy it took. Now, some of your egos are going to be in the way and you're going to be saying, oh my God, what if I show appreciation to this person? They don't show appreciation back. Or what if I put myself, don't, no, 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 no. Just show appreciation. If it's somebody from your past that you have, that's been impactful on your life that you've never actually recognized or sent a card to or thanked, a teacher it could even be, I want you to reach out to that person and I want you to show appreciation to them. In the mental state, in the mindset state of being an appreciation. And when then actually showing appreciation for other people, you are at your highest and truest uh, point. That is where your ego cannot control your outcome. It's amazing. I want you guys to experience that. That's your homework. Listen, if you guys need us for anything, it's Tim at Tim and Julie 
or julietimandjulieharris.com. And as always, guys, make sure you've requested your free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Uh, if you need us for anything, always reach out. Julie and I are going to finish up Scarcity or Abundance on tomorrow's show. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.